Well, we mentioned the floodgates opened in the NFL. Derek Carr going to the Saints. Geno Smith getting a three-year deal to stay in Seattle. And then, well, there's all the lies and the truths that are told at the Combine. Mike Tanier can help us sort through, I, I guess, literally all of that, whether it's Combine rumors, it's what's going on in the NFL offseason, football outsiders. Uh, let's start with this Anthony Richardson uh, I guess we could say stock rising tremendously situation. I mean, it's crazy. We were talking about this earlier, Mike. I mean, he was, what, like 100 to 1 to be the number one overall pick, and now this guy's looking at, I mean, his stock has risen through the roof. You look at all his 40-yard dash, you're looking at his vertical, all these athletic numbers, and you're going, oh, we've seen this before. What do you make of the rise of Anthony Richardson right now? I think it's, to a degree, a little bit of media uh, helium. I think draft experts were kind of on to him uh, coming out, you, you know, the, all through last season into the draft process. I think NFL teams were not too surprised by a 4.49 second 40 at, at, at uh, 240 pounds, etc. And I don't think that has changed much. You know, he is somebody that I think many of us thought were going in the top 15. Now we still think he's going in the top 15. It's just a matter of, okay, maybe he goes ahead of Will Levis. It's uh, behind Will Levis. So I don't know how much stock to put in that. Now, he looked great in the workouts. Let's see how he looks when he throws at his pro day. And let's see beyond that after we get through the interview process where we have a guy who is not as experienced as the two quarterbacks above him. Let's see where he goes after teams get a chance to talk to him some more. Mike, in your opinion, what's the knock on C.J. Stroud? Like, I get why people like Bryce so much because he can make every single throw, but he's five foot ten and he's 200 pounds. C.J. Stroud's six foot three, he's 220 pounds. He can make every single throw. And in my opinion, I, I think he's the best quarterback in this class. Uh, what, like, what is it? What's the knock on him, though? Like, why do some people on these boards have him as the third or fourth best quarterback in this draft? I can't imagine who in their right mind would have him third or fourth yeah. in this draft. Uh, preferring Bryce Young makes sense. If you look, you know, pound for pound uh, at the film, Young looks a little better. Yes, he's smaller. Stroud's biggest knock, and it's not even a major knock, is that when the pressure actually does get through that all-American offensive line of his, sometimes he starts running off his back foot and chucking the ball. That's a minor thing. That's something every rookie bat quarterback in the NFL deals with. It's, a, it's not a big issue. I know there are some people out there who see Ohio State quarterbacks, and they go through all the list of Ohio State quarterbacks who failed in the past. NFL teams know better than to do that. They take each guy individually. So, again, sometimes you're looking at these like these draft lists. And I, I'll be putting out my draft list, the FO100, in the next day or two. And, and people just have some zany ideas as to where to put these guys. And maybe they have a personal thing against Stroud. Maybe they're trying to pump up Levis or Richardson. I think when all said and done, Stroud is either going to be one or a team like the Houston Texans, who's already in love with Bryce Young, are going to make him number one and Stroud will be number two. Wow. Mike, most uh, mock drafts have four quarterbacks going in the top 10 to 15 and then not another quarterback until the third or maybe even the fourth round. There was speculation, though, like, it feels like only six months ago that we could have as many as seven or eight quarterbacks go in the first two rounds. Why have those other quarterbacks outside of uh, Levis, Richardson, Stroud, and Young dropped so far so quickly in, in the mock drafts? Well, one or two went back to college. I think Bo Nix was on some people's list. He went back to college. So there's a few guys who just aren't in the list anymore. In my opinion, there are three first-round quarterbacks, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, as a projection because he has such an amazing you know, athletic upside. Then you've got Will Levis, who I know a lot of people have in the top 10, top 15. I do not see it. I do not understand it. I think he would make a very good second or third-round pick. Then there's Hendon Hooker. 
uh, a guy who might have been in the conversation if he had not suffered an ACL injury in November. So you're a team in need of a rookie quarterback. you got a guy who might be coming back to, to throw and run for the first time at the start of your training camp. That's something that makes you you wonder there. But beyond that, I look at some of the other guys this list. I mean, Stetson Bennett, don't consider a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I kind of like Aiden O'Connell. I don't see that. Max Duggan's the kind of guy you love to watch on Saturday. You don't think he's going to get it done on Sunday. Sometimes, again, it's a matter of before the draft, during the, the, the football season, college football season, there's hype for these guys. Then you measure them. You really look how they perform in bowl games, not against uh, directional state. You just say, oh, that's not the guy. Those two or three at the top, they're the guys. Mike, you tweeted something earlier, and I think it's a really good point. Even though it's a unique situation with Geno Smith, you, know, you said, might this be the NFL finally discovering the concept of you know middle class of quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Geno is obviously it's very unique with, with what happened this past season. But, you know, we look at that and his deal coupled with the Lamar Jackson contract drama with the Ravens where essentially like this is just getting too expensive we don't want to guarantee the 230 million dollars along with all the other things that are going on with it do you think there's a possibility that the NFL or owners have any way if there even is leverage to push back in any way and and make it a little more difficult for these astronomically high quarterback salaries every every single year I find it really hard but it's it's good to see something like Geno Smith he got paid I think the deal makes sense for both sides right and, and there's going to be two tiers uh, you're not going to see Joe Barrow and, and, and Justin Herbert coming in at three right. years, 105 million. <laughs> right, right, That's right. What's going to be? There's going to be that 50 million dollar tier. The question is, why would Derek Carr wind up on that tier, and he did not? He signed a more modest deal. Why would Geno Smith, after you know one good year, really two thirds of a good year, go there? Why would Daniel Jones go to that tier? It doesn't make sense. The NFL never has the uh, has the re- the fiscal responsibility. The owners always get crazy when they see a quarterback of a good year and say, this is a guy, and they throw way too much money at him. This was an example of how to do it. You see, not just a reasonable raise for Geno Smith, but three years. This is not a commitment that goes on until, you know, 2034 or something like that. If you see something like that come in for somebody like Daniel Jones, you start seeing extensions in that range for that middle class of quarterback, then you have a financial structure that makes sense. You say, okay, car is good enough to win with if we don't break the bank because we can spend money elsewhere. Gino, we can win with him if we can spend the money elsewhere. Teams will be able to get that quarterback and do that as opposed to saying, oh, we spent too much on a game manager quarterback and now we can't surround him with talent and now we're going to go 9-8 and and lose the wild card round. Mike, you mentioned Daniel Jones and that's why I wanted to kind of follow up on that. And with this Geno Smith contract that we've seen, some of the chattering uh, around Daniel Jones's contract is has been rumored to be kind of in the Dak Prescott range, like that forty right. million dollar a year range, which seems banana land to me. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you think is actually realistic for Daniel Jones uh, at this point, contract wise, and what do you think happens? I mean, I heard that he was asking that kind of money, and of course, he changed agents, and there was all sorts of rigmarole, and everything coming out of the Giants camp is, was. I would say like a number in the range of 37, 38. Now, I never got a sense how many years, three years, four years. That makes a big difference a as well. But it, 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 Joe Shane, the GM there, has signaled that he will play hardball. If the chips are down, he will put a franchise tag on Daniel Jones uh, because he doesn't want to be in two years, right back where the Giants were two years ago, where he comes there and, and Brian Dable come there. It's like, oh, we have to cut salaries. We have to cut salaries because Dave Gettleman spent too much money uh, you know, on guys who weren't worth that money. So it sounds like there's a lot of progress. It sounds like there's a breakthrough. Maybe we're going to hear something in the next 48 hours or so, but I doubt it's going to be back Prescott money for Daniel Jones. Mike, what do you think the Bears do with the number one overall pick, and uh, do you think they should hold on to Justin Fields? Are you a believer in Justin Fields? 
I'm not sure I'm a believer in Justin Fields, but I believe he's done enough that I want to see what happens if you put anything around him. He was surrounded by nothing last year. You can't name his wide receivers. You can't name his offensive linemen. I would like to see that. The most logical way to do that is to trade the first-round pick. You have teams like the Colts who know they have to go up and get their guy. Teams like the Panthers who might be worried to go up and get their guy. You trade that pick and you will work around them. That's what I think the, uh, the Bears should do. What the Bears w- will do, let me tell you something. I've, I've driven myself crazy and been wrong trying to predict what the Bears will do. And the Bears, doing what they do, have not had any success. <laughs> so I'm not going to speculate what they will do, but I will say what they should do, trade that pick, acquire extra picks, build around Justin Fields, at least spend one more year evaluating to see if his passing ability catches up to his running ability. Mike, if you had to place a bet today on somebody to win the NFC North, like are you a believer in Dan Campbell and the Lions after last season? Do you think Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay? What do you think the best value bet right now in the NFC North would be? Because I think the Bears are probably a year away from being a year away. Um, <laughs> and, and the Vikings, I mean, that defense is historically bad. I don't see it getting any better, especially with Kendrick's leaving now. Right, right. They're getting rid of the guys who were yeah. too slow and too expensive. So they're going to take a step back year. And it's going to be a big step back year because they really weren't a playoff team. Um, the Packers, even with Aaron Rodgers returning, you're kind of seeing the diminishing returns kick in for this team. This is a team with holes in a lot of places. Right now they can't necessarily plan or budget because they don't know what uh, what, what the uh, Coffin of Darkness secret vampire Lestat Aaron Rodgers has planned for them. So I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I can't say value bet because I don't know what the odds and the numbers are. I don't have it in front of me. But the Lions are a team on the rise with the resources to get better. Two first-round picks. They have to improve their defense. They have both the tools to improve their defense, and they have rookies on the defense who should improve. So I'm going to go with the Lions there. Plus 150. I never thought I would see the day, but the Lions <laughs> are the favorites to win the uh, NFC North next uh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd like plus 200 or something to make yeah. this bet for value. But, I, you know, I would probably still take it. Talking to Mike Tenier, Football Outsiders. Uh, we've gone about 11 minutes without officially asking you where you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go, so I'm going to be one to break the uh, the streak here. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do now that Derek Carr has decided to go with the Saints? He's going to do what he always does. He's going to go back to the Packers, to this codependency, this dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> they love to hate each other. They don't know any other way. Neither one will actually say goodbye to each other, but they love doing this dance. It's this weird soap opera, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, crazy, like they're going to they're gonna kill each other, fall off the mountainside together. That's what I think is going to happen. Mike, so what happens to the Jets? <laughs> Same thing that always happens to the Jets. <laughs> They, they 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 screwed this up. They screwed up the car situation because they were, you know, they had Aaron Rodgers on hold. They're trying to keep Carr on hold. So Carr goes to the Saints, okay? So they lose out on that. Rodgers is, is basically using them, I think. I don't think he can imagine following in uh, Brett Favre's footsteps and going to the Jets from the Packers and then getting on this team and dealing with the New York media at a city that you know he does not want to deal with. So the Jets wind up with, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, or somebody like that, and, and they try to put a big smile on it and say, this is what we planned all along. I think the real question, after listening to the uh, Rich Eisen show, does Tom Brady yes. actually return for the third time? Do we get Tom Brady in Miami? Do you think Brady's done? Any chance that he comes back? I, I think he's done. Just try to figure out how that works in Miami. It doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, I heard – you know what happens with the rumors in, uh, in uh, Indianapolis? And I'll say I was in Rumor Central. I was in the steakhouses, et cetera. You know, after a couple of drinks, an agent says, yeah, I don't think Brady's really done. And a GM says, I don't think Brady's really done. Well, unless they're (laughs) Brady's agent or Brady's GM, they're just 
they're just goofing off right now. They're just saying stuff after their fourth whiskey. So I believe it when I believe it. He sounded done on the field. He looked done. The Dolphins are the only team that might take a nibble at this, and I can't imagine them looking at the team they have now, looking at Brady 2022 and saying, let's drop $40 million and see if we can make this happen. Hey, Mike, one uh, last quick one for me. Where do you think DeAndre Hopkins ends up? Where do you think the best fit for him is this uh, next season? I, I, that's a good one. You know, Patriots fans are salivating over the idea of getting DeAndre Hopkins and bringing him in there. I'm sure he wants to work for Bill O'Brien again because they got along so well uh, a couple of years ago when, uh, when O'Brien was screaming at him in Houston. Um, it, it's a tricky situation. The, the Cardinals have a new general manager. They're trying to plot a new direction. I'm on wait-and-see mode on that one. There are teams that would really, really crush to get his services right now. I just don't know if there's a fit with the money, with the picks that they would have to spend on him, and then him going to the contender he wants to play for. Mike Tanier, Football Outsiders. Great stuff. Thanks for coming Good on stuff, with us. Man. Always a pleasure. Take care and enjoy what we call the offseason around There's here. never an offseason. You know that, Mike. The NFL never rests. It always gives us something, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I can, I, I'm thinking about all these, you know, agents sitting around. Yeah. We've all said something a little ridiculous after a That's how it is in the before. NBA, too. They just, like, speculate. Yeah. There's no intel. They're just, just like you and I, mm-hmm. only they have better titles. Yeah. And so we take their opinions more seriously. Mm-hmm. They're sitting around. He's just. Ah, I mean, yeah, like I could see Brady coming yeah. back. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and it's like yeah. Brady's coming back. Yep. And Phillip somebody Rivers. overhears the conversation. Philip Rivers. You know, Philip Rivers is trying to come back. Philip Rivers needs to stay retired. There's only one quarterback I want to see come back. And who's that? Andrew Luck. Oh the yes. Goat. The but greatest. This he many would be years incredible. out though. This it's many like years actually out, Indianapolis is not going to draft the quarterback. They're they're getting Andrew Luck. Andrew back. Luck is coming back. Yeah, that would be so. No, awesome. Andrew Luck is coming back to play with Frank Wright in Carolina. Man, there you go. Yeah. I'd bet him right now to win the Super Bowl. I haven't seen Andrew Luck throw a football in five years. Don't care. Four years. Has it been four right years now. already? Yeah. He still could probably come back. Give him a few weeks to just kind of warm up, and there you go. He'd be fine.